When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka. We take this moment to kind of take our tour around the NFL and talk about some of the hot topics, um, some of the drama that's taking place right now. Um, and let's look back to Thursday night, first and foremost, Kiwi, and, and, and talk about what happened. I, you know, besides that, I don't want to dive into the game and the, the, the throws that Russell Wilson should have made and didn't and, and whatnot, but like, a bigger picture here, a lot of people thought, you know, Russell going to Denver, he was going to be allowed to quote-unquote cook. And Matty Ice making his way to the Colts, definitely an improvement from Carson Wentz. And both these teams are just god-awful. If anybody stayed up late on, on Thursday night watching the game, God bless you. But are, are you surprised with the fact of how bad the Denver Broncos and the Colts look with these two quarterbacks? Yeah, I'm surprised for different reasons for both teams. With Russell Wilson and Denver, I'm, I, was, I was surprised because, you know, he came in with a lot of confidence and, yeah, he was supposed to go cook. But, you know, watching him out there, it reminded me of the confidence I had going from defensive end to linebacker and then realizing that I was a fish out of water when I finally got there and was out there, you know, on the field trying to, you know, execute. It looks as though he's unsure of himself. He has, he comes from a situation where he had uh, an immense amount of success and now he doesn't have that same success and he has to, you know, he's got those wide eyes and he's looking and he's, he's trying, he's grasping, you know, he's saying he's going to keep believing in belief and, you know, you could just tell that he he's not fully aware or understanding what's going on right now and he's got a long way to go yeah so and and then of course you know his post-game press conference you know (laughs) after that horrific loss he's like broncos country let's ride he gets like destroyed by social media i just you know sometimes you know you think the grass is greener somewhere else and then you realize that it's not nathaniel hackett is getting just absolutely destroyed you know and and here's let's, let's rewind like, I truly believe that the reason Nathaniel Hackett was hired was because the idea that was that, wow, the Denver Broncos were thinking, we bring in Nathaniel Hackett, then um, Aaron Rodgers will follow and come to Denver. Obviously, that's not what happened. And so now they're stuck hand, you know, holding the bag. It is Sean Payton, I know he's doing media now on Fox, but he's come out and he said, like, I really miss coaching in the NFL. I do believe Sean Payton. We'll be back in the NFL next year. Um, you know, is, do you feel like do you feel like somebody like Sean Payton could come in and and and, and, and fix what is wrong in Denver with Russell Wilson? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, to have a mind like a proven mind like Sean Payton, somebody who's who's been through it, who has produced, you know, who has coached some great talent and also knows how to work with, you know, mediocre talent or, or you know, you know, average talent at best. 
that's what they need. Let, let's be honest. Like they, they need some help. They're, they're flailing right now. And it kind of looks like the opposite of the argument you had from, you know, um, the Patriots and is it Tom Brady or was it, was it Belichick? You know, I think we understand what was going on and who was in control in Seattle, Seattle at this point. And, you know, maybe he just needs a lot more guidance than we thought that he needed. Um, some, something needs to give, I mean, listen, I, I think you and I talked about it. Uh, I, I actually, I put down a prop bet prior to the season starting that all four teams in that division would make it to the postseason. And I got it. At, and, and the reason I laid it was 11 to one. I, I, I threw $25 on it. Like not a lot of money, but like, I was like at 11 to one. I was expecting big things from these teams, right? Like Devonte Adams going to Las Vegas, uh, Russell Wilson going to Denver. You know how good the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs were. I thought they would like kind of even it out with one another in regard to their their matchups and then just beat up on everyone else. But obvious, obviously that is not what's happening. So I've I've obviously lost twenty five dollars. Um, an, another another big storyline. Unfortunately, uh, you know I, I I hate to be the drama queen, but I am going to be here for a minute, and that is you know, the whole Tom Brady situation, right? It was just reported this week that now him and Giselle are looking for divorce attorneys, you know, and, and who am I to say what, what somebody or how somebody looks like, but you know, you just like, just, he just looks like someone who's not eating. Like he just mm-hmm. like when Tom Brady goes to the podium and he's talking to the media, like he just looks like somebody who's like, like, listen, we've all been through some bad breakups, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I've been through several full disclosure, and, you know, I know some of it's so funny, like e- either you eat yourself out of house and home or you starve <laughs> yourself to death. I- I'm I'm the later. Um, you know, I just I'm Me someone too. who like I don't eat. I'm mm-hmm. I just I want to sleep all day. I'm sad. I-, I just like a part of me is just as much as I'm I'm not a fan of Tom Brady as a football player, which is obviously an outlier. Um I, I just want to give him a big fat hug. But nonetheless, you know, I, I mean, talk about. You know, when when you've got such drastic personal stuff happening off the football field, Kiwi, how mm-hmm. dif- how difficult is it to focus each and every week? What you need to give it practice, what you need to prepare in regard for games. How 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 difficult is that, Kiwi? So there's, it's, 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 first of all, it's very difficult um, when your home is unsettled. You, there's not enough can be said about how difficult it is to sit in a meeting room and to prepare for a game. Because when you're talking about the health, the safety, the emotion, the emotional stability or the stability itself of your home, playing a game, which is ultimately what it is, just doesn't have the same importance. And there's a lot of life events that, that will affect people on the field. You know, you have, you know, deaths in the family, you have the birth of children, you have, you know, um, you know, marital distress and, and all different types of things. And all of those things have an effect. Tom Brady's in a unique position. Okay. He's got children that are old, old enough to, to understand what's going on. And I remember in the beginning of the season, you know, he had said some things about, you know, their, their, um, their, his children missing, you know, their father at, at parent teacher conferences and meetings. And these are times and moments that you just cannot get back. So the amount of sacrifice that it takes to be great and to be great this late in life and to try to maintain a family, that's, that's a, a level of stress that most people will never know and, and never quite understand. So I, I mean, I tip my hat to him in terms of being able to control himself this much, but you have to understand at every point, 
during a season, there are gentlemen going through very similar situations and they're called upon and asked to, and most of the time we don't, we don't know exactly what's going on in their personal lives. Let's be honest. We have an open window to the Brady's family because they're such in the public eye, which adds a second or third or whatever level of, of, of stress to it. But, you know, an unsettled home shows up on the field every single time and coaches will tell you and they'll pull you aside and say, Hey, listen, you know, you know, you're trying, you're giving your all out here, but you, know, you could be standing out there on the field and they're calling your name and your, your mind is, you know, a thousand miles away with where your family is and that's a very difficult thing so you know he's got to get um he's got to get through it and i think at some time you got to realize i, I got to prioritize my family especially when there are um young kids involved and and uh it's going to be a tough time there's no and listen i'm not comparing my my situation when i'm on on the golf course you know uh <laughs> playing for five dollars a, a, a hole skins uh compared to tom brady in, in playing in the nfl but i'll say like you know, if I'm on the golf course and, and I've got some stuff that's going on, uh, I, I know that it, it throws me off and, and I don't I don't have a good game. So, you know, I, I can't even imagine. But anyway, I, you know, I, I guess I guess the positive is the Bucks are going up against the Atlanta Falcons without Corderell Patterson. I, I do expect the Bucks to win this week. Uh, I, I don't necessarily like the line. It's eight and a half. I, I want to say it's up to nine or possibly ten right now. It's a lot, I think. But uh, nonetheless, um, all right. Hey, listen, before we take a break, I, I want to look through the standings with you and, and just kind of get a feel lay of the land where everything's at right now. Let's start in the AFC, right? Um, so Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills all tied up 3-1. Of course, uh, we're, we're going to do an even deeper dive into the Jets-Miami Dolphins uh, matchup. But no Tua, of course, Teddy Bridgewater, which, by the way, Teddy covers. Miami not might not win, but I do believe that they cover. Um, we'll see. Um, well, actually, they're favored, so they have to win in order to cover. What am I talking about? Uh, but, the, but the Patriots are at 1-3, and, and they're coming in this week with their third-string quarterback. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Look at this, what's going on in the AFC North. Cleveland, the Bengals, and the Ravens all tied up at 2-2. Steelers 1-3. They make the switch to Kenny Pickett, their rookie quarterback. But um, based on what you've seen from these AFC North teams, um, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty, it's a good race. This one, I isn't it? Yeah, is, yeah. This one's gonna this this division uh, more so than most others is going to come down to it in the end. The one we just started with, the AFC East, I believe the Bills will separate themselves uh, pretty you know, pretty soon. But the AFC North, I mean, Ravens, Browns, Bengals. I mean, there's there's a lot of games left to be played, and I believe this one's going to come down to it. No, uh, I'm I'm with you. It's that's going to be really a, a fun division to watch. The AFC South, wow, surprise, surprise. Uh, you do have Jacksonville, Tennessee, and the Colts all at two and two. Texans at zero and three, and uh, and well, I take it back. Um, yeah, so you've got the Colts and the Texans with a tie. Obviously, the Colts played last night with the Denver Broncos, so they're already five games in. But this Jacksonville Jaguars defense, I, I know we're talking about how how great the offense has been. But their defense has been tremendous, number one in the league in, in turnovers and takeaways this season, uh, Kiwi. I, I mean, you know, I, I know, you know, we were expecting Doug Peterson, more an offensive mind head coach, taking over the reins, working with, with Trevor Lawrence. But the defense is really what has stepped up big time for the Jaguars this season. Mm-hmm. If that can continue then they have a chance. Obviously, you know, this is a, this is a team that everybody's going to kind of watch with a side eye because of, of what they've been through, and it's really early in the season. But, you know, Coach Coffin used to preach it every week. You know, the team that wins the turnover battle wins the game, what, 69, almost 70% of the time. So if they can continue um, to rely on their defense, which a lot of teams have been very successful doing so, then they have a chance. And this division, I believe that they do have a chance. The Colts, you know, 2-2-1 two, two and one, uh, with Matt Ryan, you know, I believe that, you know, that – 
that record right there is 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 good for them. You know, I like that for them because of the struggles that they've had. But they're you know they found ways to win games. But is it sustainable? Uh, we have that has yet to be seen. But uh, Jacksonville does have a chance. Um, in the AFC West, obviously Kansas City three and one. The Chargers two and two. Even though uh, you've got Justin Herbert who's dealing with a rib injury, still looked good last week. We know what time it is with the Denver Broncos. We saw that miserable game on Thursday. And the Raiders sitting at 1-3. What a huge disappointment. In the NFC, the Eagles, the last remaining undefeated team. And they're going up against Car- they're going up against uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals this week. A lot of people are, are, are saying, listen, eventually the Eagles are good, but eventually they've got to lose. Do you think this is the week that they lose against the Cardinals, Kiwi? It's it, it's possible. I think once that um, spotlight becomes bright enough that you know you're the last to be you know last of the undefeated, and and um, there's a different um, there's a there's a new amount of attention around. You got guys who are now being celebrated who probably haven't had this much attention before. So what they're going to have to do is is button down. They're going to have to tighten up. There's going to be a, a tendency for guys to you know go out and take advantage of these new opportunities that they that they have. They're going to have to get these guys to turn some of those down and continue to focus on the game. And if they can, then they got a shot. But yeah, I think and it might not even be the worst thing. You know, if they drop one now, take that spotlight off of them, regroup. You know, have that players only meeting early in the season. And, and, and go for a run. That could be a good thing. Um, in looking in the NFC North, uh, you've got obviously Minnesota and the Green Bay Packers, uh, both a three and one. We're going to do a deeper dive, of course, obviously in the show, uh, as we already have, uh, you know, of course, the Packers taking on uh, the, uh, the the Giants right now as we mm-hmm. speak. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, of course, have, have looked quite good. The Bears are just anemic. And, and the Detroit Lions dealing with so many injuries. In the NFC South, obviously, it's the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Atlanta Falcons both tied up at 2-2. Two and two. Big reason for the Tampa Bay Bucks is because all the injuries that they've been dealing with both on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Uh, but let's, let's, let's end this segment talking about the NFC West, Kiwi. All four of these teams are tied up at 2-2. Two and two. So... <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Uh, and and you've got listen. Don't sleep on the Seattle Seahawks team with Geno Smith. I'm not I listen. Know. I'm not saying that they're going to win the division, but but Geno Smith has really really impressed me. That's for sure. Yes. Your your thoughts on on you know I I truly believe now that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback of the 49ers, I do believe that they're going to win the division. Here's my here's my question to you before we go to break: Do the Rams not make it to the postseason? Oof. Oof, that's that's hard to believe. I mean, coming into the season, there's no way that I would have you know bought that. But right now, looking at how the division is 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 turning out, uh, there's there's a possibility there. And I wasn't one of the people who believed in Geno coming in. I got to be honest with that with that. But you know, as um, the season's coming along, you know, I'm I'm turning into a believer. So it's it's still early. Um, I believe this this division is still wide open. It's uh, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, again, this is New York Game Day here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Anita Marks and Matthias Kibanuka on this Sunday morning. Uh, quick break. We come back. Still a lot more to dive into. We'll get you up to speed on what's going on with the Giants and the Green Bay Packers as they're playing uh, as we speak. And of course, um, we've got Rich Samini and uh, Mike Tannenbaum coming your way. So stay tuned. A lot more coming your way right here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Rich Samini joining us. Rich, how you doing? Good morning, Kiwi. How you doing? Just arriving at the stadium as we speak. Awesome, awesome, man. I know it's going to be a good day up there. Um, So let's just jump right into it. Um, Last week, we got to see Zach Wilson coming back for his first um, first game in I don't know how many weeks, right? First time on the field in in a long time. What was your opinion? You know, I, I saw your timeline. I know that you thought he had a great fourth quarter. But what was your analysis of him coming back, and how did the team react to him, in your opinion? Well, it was like two different quarterbacks. You know, you had uh, Rusty Zach in the first three quarters. I think he was eight for twenty-four after three quarters, and then he, uh, and then he, uh, you know, all of a sudden morphed into uh, like a playoff-level quarterback in the fourth quarter. He's ten of twelve for 100-something yards and led those two long drives. And the most impressive thing about, you know, the fourth quarter is just that he had so many, uh, you know, tough down-and-distance situations, a lot of third and longs, even a fourth even a fourth down uh, so conversion. So it was a really impressive fourth quarter for, uh, for him. And uh, hold on one sec. Okay. This is called live radio, Kiwi. I'm pulling into the parking lot as we speak. But, no, it was really impressive, and I thought he moved really well coming off knee surgery. Obviously, the, the uh, surgically repaired knee was not a factor because he moved exceptionally well, escaping the pass rush. They even ran some RPOs with him, which I, I think he brings a different dimension to the offense because of his mobility. So going into this game you know, against the Dolphins this week, are you expecting uh, Tim to come out and continue the fourth quarter um, style of play, or do you think there's going to be a setback and he's going to have to you know, go back through the whole process again? Well, that's the uh, $64,000 question. I mean, it's just, you know, we've seen glimpses before of Zach Wilson. Last year he had a couple of good games. Uh, I don't think he ever played to the level he did last week in the fourth quarter. So the question is, you know, consistency. Can he maintain it? You know as well as anyone that a a quarterback can't play just one good quarter a week. You know, he's got to start off better, especially this being a home game. The Jets have been such a bad home team in recent years that the crowd gets out of it, you know, after the first, you know, quarter or so. You know, so I think a fast start is important. And you want to see that level of consistency that he has yet to show as a pro quarterback. Okay. What about the pieces around him? I also saw that you mentioned, you know, Dwayne Brown coming back and, and what impact that was going to have, um, 
you know, on the team. What are you expecting from this offensive line and, and the pieces around him? Well, the offensive line has just been like in a state of flux all year because of injuries, especially at the tackle position. So uh, Dwayne Brown will make his Jets debut today, came off IR yesterday, practiced all week. He, you know, he's got a shoulder injury, which is going to need surgery at some point. Uh, but he's going to start at left tackle, and uh, he's going to be rusty. I mean, look, he's he only had seven practices in training camp plus one preseason game before he hurt his shoulder. So he has not had uh, a lot of game reps. And then uh, I think there's a good chance that Elijah Vera Tucker will start at right tackle. Uh, I mean, he, we know he's a right guard, but he made an emergency start last week at left tackle. I think he held his own. The coaches were just blown away by his versatility. Being able to move positions like that is not an easy job for an offensive lineman. And so I, I think there's a chance he could start at right tackle today. The Jets, you know, the coaches always say they want to get the best five offensive linemen on the field. Obviously, AVT is one of their best five. And I think they'll, you know, they could go with Nate Herbig again at right guard. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kudos to AVT, just his versatility and willingness to do it. Yeah, definitely. The willingness has to be there. I think once you get to um, to the professional level, you know, you know, switching, changing any types of changes in your you know position or your style of play can can be difficult. Um, talk to me about Brees Hall. Talk to me about what expectations. What were your expectations coming into this season, first of all, and how has he um, how has he fared thus far? Well, I mean, I think uh, it's playing out exactly as I thought he would. You know, the first couple of games, it was uh, it was pretty much an even split in the backfield, you know, slight, slightly in favor of Michael Carter in terms of reps. But the last couple of weeks, we've seen that turn in Brees Hall's favor. He's uh, he's gotten most of the snaps and most of the uh, carries the last couple of games. In, and, and I thought it would go this way. I think it's evolving the way we all thought. He's... Uh, I think last week was his best game. Obviously, scores the game-winning touchdown there down at the goal line. But you're seeing just how much he can contribute. He's a better pass receiver than any of us imagined. Now, the Jets knew that he was a good receiver. But, you know, at Iowa State, he did so much prolific running that he really didn't have a ton of catches. I mean, he had a good number of catches. But he's really impressing as a receiver, and I know fantasy owners are, are taking note of that as well, but impressing as a receiver. So I think he's moving towards being the RB1. I don't think Michael Carter will ever disappear. The coaching staff has such a high regard for Michael Carter that I think you're going to continue to see a two-headed backfield moving forward. So what are your, what are your expectations this week in terms of um, what do they need to do or what, what – what do you want to see in order for them to pull out a win this week? Well, their defense is going to have to eliminate explosive plays. You know, Miami, all week the Jets coaches have been saying Miami's like a 4 by 100 relay team with Waddle and Hill and uh, Mostert in the backfield. I don't think people appreciate how, how fast Mostert is. He might, he might be one of the fastest running backs in the league. And they have Gasicki that they use uh, over the middle as, as a tight end. He's really not a tight end, but they call him a tight end. So it's going to be eliminating, you know, the big plays. I think it's a huge challenge for the Jets' corners. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner have played really well so far through four games, but this is a different kind of challenge. With Hill, Hill leads the NFL in receiving yards coming into this game. 
Uh, I expect him to play, even though he's questionable with a quad injury. He did practice all week, so I do expect him to play. So, spotlight on Sauce Gardner. I talked to him the other day about this. Uh, being matched against the guys like Waddle and, and Hill, and he says this is what he dreamed about. And he said, you know, he's got some tricks up his sleeve that maybe he can that'll help him out against receivers that fast. So that, to me, is going to be one of the most intriguing matchups today. Can the Jets contain these Miami receivers? Okay, and then looking a little bit ahead, right? So. Up until the bye, we have Dolphins, Packers, Broncos, Patriots, and then Bills. There's a that's a that's a that's a pretty solid solid schedule that they have here. What are your expectations of of this team going, you know, from where they are right now up until the bye and and um do you believe that they have a what it takes to make a run for the playoffs? I I think we I think that might be a little bit premature to say that. You know, the playoff stuff. Uh I think we have to, you know, they have a couple of tough road games coming up after this. You know, they go to Green Bay. Green Bay will be coming back from London without the bye week. So that'll be – but it's at Lambeau, and it's a tough place to play. And then they go to Denver. Obviously, Denver is going through all sorts of issues. We saw that in living color the other night on Thursday Night Football. That was that was kind of horrible to watch. So who knows what you get from Denver there. Again, a tough place to play with the altitude and everything. So – you know, I, I think it all hinges on Zach Wilson. If they can get, uh, you know, I'm not saying he has to play as, as well as he did in the fourth quarter last week because that would make him the highest-rated passer in the league if he played that way every quarter. But still, you want to see, uh, you don't want to see those long spells where he, he's not moving the offense. You just want to see the consistency. If they can get consistent quarterback play, and this offensive line is going to get healthier. you got Dwayne Brown coming back today. George Fant will be out another two or three weeks. Eventually, he's going to come back. Max Mitchell's going to come back in four weeks. So this offensive line is going to get healthier. So who knows? You know, if they get the quarterback play and some good pass protection, you know, they could hang around the 500 mark for a few more weeks, I think. Do you think that he benefited from from watching Flacco play? Do you think that there was there was some uh, some some things that he may have picked up from the run that he had? Yeah, and I also think that could apply to last year, too, because I, I do think he benefited last year when he sat out those four games from with the knee injury, just seeing guys like uh, Mike White run the offense and, and, and Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, so I do think he benefited from seeing Flacco a little bit, especially that Cleveland game, you know, where Flacco orchestrated the late heroics and that miracle finish. So, uh, But clearly, Zach Wilson is the quarterback. I mean, he should be the quarterback. I know there was some thought to, you know, rolling with Flacco, but Flacco had a poor game in the third in the third game. So you went one and two with your backup. Now you got your regular guy in. So um, Wilson, I just want to see him spread the ball around a little bit more. Uh, I, I think what he could learn from Flacco was just throwing to his running backs. Flacco did a really good job of finding his checkdowns. That's why you see Michael Carter with Brees Hall with so many receptions this year. I think, don't quote me, but I think the Jets might lead the league in running back receptions, and a big part of that is Joe Flacco. So I think Zach Wilson can take something from that and, and instead of forcing the ball downfield when it's not there, just finding his checkdowns. Yeah, you, you never thought there was a quarterback, a true quarterback controversy. I know it's something fun to, to talk about, and, and maybe there was uh, you know something there to it. 
but um, you, you, I feel like you maintain that you know this was you know Zach Wilson's team when he came back. Do you feel as though the reception was there? Were the were were his teammates? Re- did, did his teammates receive him the way that you expected to? And and um, and moving forward, do you feel like they have complete confidence in him? Yeah, I mean everybody knew. You know, full disclosure, I was on the bandwagon. I felt that if Flacco had had played lights out in that third game, I would have gone with him for one more game just oh, you because did. he was so, a hot hand. Okay, so you got you got some receipts no, no, in the bag too, huh? Yeah, some receipts, but I'm you know I'm going to take accountability. That was only if they he played really well and they won that third game. Obviously, neither happened. So, but all the while, I never thought for a second that Zach Wilson was not the quarterback of this team. And he is, and he will be. And as for the reception in the locker room, the players knew that as well. I mean, so there was – they knew that when, as soon as Zach was capable of doing it, that he was going to come back and play quarterback. And so I thought the Jets timed it right. They gave him enough time for him to heal off the, off the knee scope. And I think last week might have uh, helped his uh, – I don't want to say credibility, but maybe credibility in the locker room, just being able to pull off a game like that because – that is something he had not done in his career. He had not had that dramatic fourth-quarter drive to pull his team back. And, and you know, you played with Eli. Eli did it so many times. That's really, in my opinion, how you judge a quarterback. You know, when the team is down, it's looking bleak, can he raise the level of everyone around him and lead him back for that last-minute drive? And that was the first time Zach Wilson did it last week, and I think that really goes – that really helps his credibility in the locker room. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, you know, hit, watching him out there hitting the gritty and, and, and playing with that, that excitement and seeing his teammates ride around him, that's why I was, I was asking those questions because it, it looked to me as though, you know, everybody out there, you know, kind of had that sense of, all right, this is our guy, you know, no disrespect to Flacco. Like, he, he did good and, and White also, when they were asked to, they did, they did a good job. But you could kind of sense, in my opinion, that, that um, this was his team or this is his team and that, you know, the future could be potentially bright. There are some pieces, in my opinion, that that need to be, you know, fixed or or need to um, some people that need to, you know, play better. But when you talk about being able to put together um, a fourth quarter comeback or or, uh, drives and and rally the team and that, that kind of thing, those are the things that you need to be able to go deep into the playoffs. Now there's a lot of other things that have to happen. So I'm just, you know, just wondering from somebody who's been covering it, you know, week in and week out, do you believe that they have what it takes to, to get all those other intangibles done? Yeah. One quick add on uh, Zach Wilson. He did take, catch some grief from his teammates and coaches about dropping the uh, throwback pass last week. <laughs> uh, you know, he, 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 he did can't win them all right? on that because, he did catch the touchdown pass, and he had kind of a joking comment after the game saying, I have the best hands on the team. But then he did also have the drop. They got very lucky to recover that fumble. Uh, would have been a really critical error in the game, but they got lucky and they recovered it. So he's not, he's not above being teased by teammates, that's for sure, which I guess is a good thing because it just shows he's part of the, part of the group. But, uh, yeah, we'll find out. I mean, this is, this is a huge spot, uh, Kiwi, because, hey, we know all Jet fans know what they've done in the division the last two years. They've lost 12 straight division games. That is sad. I mean, when you, and not only did they lose, but they've lost by more than a two-to-one margin. So they're getting their butts handed to them against these division foes. And you can't 
establish any credibility as a team until you can hold your own in your own division. So that's why today's game has of greater importance because it's a division foe. They've been getting hammered by division teams for two years. It's a home game. They've been terrible at home the last uh, couple of years. I think they've lost, um, I think, 15 out of their last 19. I know I wrote this in my notes column this morning. They've just Maybe it's 14 out of 19 they've lost at home, so they've been a bad home team. So, so many trends that they can reverse today if they come out and get this win. Absolutely. Well, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for having you on. Um, coming up later in the show, we will have Mike Tannenbaum. Anita Marks will join us again. Um, I am Matthias Kiwanuka, 98.7 ESPN Game. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Anita's three locks of the week. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome back. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, and of course you here on 98.7 ESPN. We've got uh, Mike Tannenbaum who's going to be joining us as well, coming your way soon. This portion of the show brought to you by FW Webb and Will McLean. Turn to one of FW Webb's 100 plus locations for unparalleled Will McLean inventory. Visit fwweb.com to find a convenient location near you. Also brought to you by Bud Light. Enjoy your game. And uh, with that being said, Kiwi, you ready to rock and roll? Now, uh, I went 3 and 0 last week. 3 and 0. So I'm 9 I'm 9 and 3 on the season so far with my locks of the week here on the show. Just want to point that out. <clears throat> That's solid. That's solid. I give I, I give props so. where it's due. I think so. I think so. All right, so here we go. This is my best bet today. This is my best bet, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles minus three in the first half against Arizona. Why? Arizona has the worst offense this season in the first half, the absolute worst. But guess what? They've got the best offense in the NFL the second half of the games. How about that? So the worst in the first half of games, I don't know what the heck they do in in, in the locker room. (laughs) They come out, and they've got the best, most explosive offense in the second half of games. They can't sustain drives. Uh, they're fourth worst in converting on third down. Now they've got to go up against Bradbury as well as Darius Slay. Meanwhile, the Eagles, first in total yards per drive. Hertz is more accurate. He's the fourth most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Murray is 26th, by the way, which is kind of surprising. And that's a huge metric uh, that you need to pay attention to when, when you're looking a, a, about spreads. 
And last but not least, the cards are the second worst, have the second worst cover rate in the NFL. So I think A.J. Brown and Goddard are going to have field days, field days today against this uh, Cardinals secondary. So I'm going Eagles minus three in the first half against Arizona. What say you? It's got to be good, just based on the stats that you just gave. If they're the worst uh, team in the first half, there's no reason at this point where we're at week five to believe that they're automatically going to change it. So I think that's a good one. I think it's a good one, too. All right, uh, number two, you're not going to like this, and that's the Cowboys, plus five and a half uh, against the Rams. Cooper Rush, dare I say that he might be the best backup quarterback in the NFL? He just might be. I mean, listen, reports out of Dallas is that Dak needs, quote-unquote, significant strides to play in week six. It doesn't sound uh, like they are rushing him back anytime (laughs) soon. Uh, Meanwhile, the Rams... They've the got better, a ton the of in- better Cooper plays, the, the higher that threshold is going to be. Right? right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the Rams, they're doing they're dealing with a slew of injuries. You want to say they got a Super Bowl hangover. OK, they just lost their starting center, Coleman Shelton. So now this is the fifth straight week that they're going to have f- uh, that unit. is not cohesive. That did not start the previous week together. Uh, they have one of the worst pass protections in the NFL. They've given up 16 sacks. Meanwhile, they got to go against Dallas and and Michael Parsons. Are you kidding me? Third best pressure rate in the NFL. First in sack rate. They've got 15 sacks on the season and quarterbacks are averaging less than five yards per attempt, uh, which is the best in the NFL against this Dallas defense. Good luck with that. And here's, here's another good nugget for you. Bill Bill Vinovich it's his officiating crew that's overseeing this game. Zero roughing the passer penalties last year and this year through four weeks. And the fewest holding penalties and pass, uh, in, in pass interference calls. So that definitely bodes well for the Cowboys. So I love the Cowboys at plus five and a half. That is my, that's, that's my second lock. But just a side note, I'm also going to play them on the money line, and you could get that at two to one. I think the Cowboys win straight up. Your thoughts? The problem I have with that one is that um, Cooper Rush is playing with one advantage, which is that he doesn't have a whole lot of film. There's not a whole lot of uh, of, uh, of tape to be studied. And what happens is it takes a little bit of time. When you have defensive coordinators who are borderline geniuses at times, Raheem Morris especially, you know, who have now been given a big enough sample size to understand what his tendencies are, it's going to become more difficult. You know, I I think that we don't give enough credit to guys who um, play for a long period of time and have developed a lot of, you know, tendencies that can be picked up on because they have to continuously change and alter their game. When you come in on the scene and nobody knows, you know, what you're about or who you are, they don't know how to prepare for you. I believe that at some point, you know, people are going to start, actually game planning for Cooper Rush, and then, you know, things are going to change. I believe that this might be that week. So I can't go with you on that one. Okay, that's fine. Uh, just another bottle of wine. Send my way when Dallas wins. Um, <laughs> Seattle in the Saints. Seattle in the Saints. I love the over in this game. Over 45. Who would have thunk this? No Russell Wilson. Geno Smith starting for the Seattle Seahawks. They have the 11th best offense in scoring in the NFL this season. Marinating that for a minute. I mean, unbelievable. Geno Smith, when not pressured, and he was not pressured against the Lions, he was not pressured against the Falcons, dude has put up over 1,000 yards the last two weeks of offense. Mm. I, I mean, this is just, this is a, these are unbelievable numbers here. The Saints, 
their pass rush, second lowest in the NFL, only get, getting after the quarterback in 20%, 20% on defense. So um, so I think Geno Smith has a field day today. Also, I like Andy Dalton as well. Uh, going up against Seattle, Seattle's allowing opponents to score 27 points a game. Opponents are scoring on 55% of their offensive drives, and they get Alvin Kamara back, the Saints do. So um, for all those reasons why Seattle and the Saints over 45 combined points. That's my third lock of the week. Um, please chime in, Kiwi. Yeah, I, I like that one. I think definitely for, for both of these teams, like unexpected situations. But um, I think, you know, Pete Carroll has a, <laughs> has, has a lot to say about, you know, who was the man up there in Seattle. And, yeah, I could see it over on this one. I'll, tell you, I'll go with you on this one. So those are my three locks of the week. And, and just to recap – uh, Saints and Seattle over 45. Uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys getting five and a half, as well as uh, the, Se- the the Philadelphia Eagles minus three in the first half against Arizona. Those are my three locks of the week. Uh, but I'm gonna I've got a little added bonus here, and that is Tom Brady prop bets. Tom Brady over 285 and a half passing yards. Tom Brady over 37 and a half passing attempts. Tom Brady over two and a half touchdowns. This is why. Brady against the Falcons, he crushes it. This is the get-right game for the Tampa Bay Bucs in their offense, okay? The Falcons, their weakest part of their defense is the that mid-range, intermi- intermittent, uh, intermediate passing area, and that is the wheelhouse for Tom Brady and, uh, and Mike Evans, of course, who comes off of his, his one-game suspension. In four games against the Atlanta Falcons, Tom Brady averages 360 passing yards in four touchdowns a game, a game. He passed the rock, attempted 52 times last week. 52 times he, uh, he chucked the rock. And here's the, here's the really uh, good nugget for you. Jerome Booger is one of the refs who's a part of this officiating crew. Um, he, is, he limits offensive line penalties. He favors teams that have uh, a very high passing rate. And in four games that he has refed for Tom Brady while Tom Brady is quarterbacking for the Tampa Bay Bucks, they average 35 points a game. Mm. How about that? <laughs> That's his boy. That's his boy. Exactly. That's his boy. <laughs> man, gotta let, man, you know, he's the goat. You got to let him win. Anyway, um, so that's my so so that's my that's my favorite. Those are my favorite prop bets this week heading into week five. Uh, by the way, again, uh, this is locks of the week. Nine and three on the season. Hopefully I go three and oh again this week. And we're talking about being 12 and three uh, heading into week six. 90.7 ESPN again brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper develops winning game plans for businesses moving forward together. EisnerAmper.com. Also brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management for a pain-free life. Visit SamuelPain.com. Uh, really quick uh, before we take a break and uh, we're going to have... Um, uh, Mike Tannenbaum joining us for, uh, he's going to join us, of course, for the last hour. Julio Jones dealing with a knee is is a true game time decision today. Russell Gage is back in play. And I believe Godwin is also going to be active today for, uh, for Tom Brady. Another reason why I like Tom Brady, he's going to have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of more weapon to his, at, at his disposal than we've seen in weeks past. 
Um, T. Higgins, ankle is expected to play today against the Ravens. That's good. Ravens secondary is quite bad. So I like all the wide receivers for the Cincinnati Bengals, even Tyler Boyd today. Tony Pollard has been dealing with an illness all week, but is expected to play. So you will have that one-two punch in the backfield for the Dallas Cowboys uh, with him and, of course, Ezekiel Elliott. C.D. Lamb is dealing with a groin, but is expected to play as well against the Rams today. Rondell Moore has been dealing with a knee, is expected to play today against the Eagles. Uh, St. Brown. Amon Ron St. Brown, Amon Ra St. Brown, I love saying his name, is a true game time decision as well. Uh, but Josh Reynolds will play. There was some concern there that maybe he would not. Waddle and Hill expected to play today against the Jets. Alvin Kamara dealing with some ribs, but he is expected to play in week five. And I know we reported this not too long ago, but, um, but David Montgomery is expected to be active and attractive uh, today for the Chicago Bears. Uh, so if you you have Herbert, don't drop him because you never know. Injuries happen quite frequently uh, around these parts. But um, but just know that uh, it looks like David Montgomery uh, more than likely is going to get the start. And if he does, obviously uh, we'll get a solid amount of, of volume over Herbert. I want to remind you, uh, join ESPN New York at the Ultimate Jets tailgate located in Lot G before uh, the Jets take on Miami today. With all your favorite ESPN hosts, we're going to be out there. We have uh, tailgate games, prize giveaways, live music from Randy Zoo, the ultimate ESPN New York Jets tailgate brought to you by Guinness, Pepsi, and 98.7 ESPN. So as soon as we get done with the show, Kiwi, um, I'm going to you know feed my dogs, pack up my stuff, get in the car. I don't know how much traffic I'm going to have. Um, and so I'm going to head out there and I hope to get out there to the tailgate. Hopefully I get out there by 12, 12, 15, at least 45 minutes before kickoff. And then, um, and then I'm taking in the game. Uh, when, when was the last, when was the last, when was the last time you've been, you've been to MetLife? What was the last game you went to? I was, I was there last year. I think I was up there a couple, a couple of times. I think I went to two or three games last year. We'll be up there again. I take the kids to a BC game and to a Giants game every year and, and uh, I mean, they love it. I, I love watching them. But the uh, the traffic never gets old. That that Route Three, trying to get into the stadium. I remember my first year, uh, one of the first games that that we played at home. I got to the stadium. I barely had enough time to get in there, and I thought to myself, I was like, there must be something I'm missing. I was like, is there is there a separate player's entrance or something that we're supposed to go through? But and everybody was like, nah, bro, you just got to leave earlier. You just you got to deal with it like everybody else. But um, yeah, if you can get 45 minutes in, that's that's enough time. So you almost you almost did you almost did not make a game. I was late. I mean, I was I wasn't late for you. Know I mean, like for the game, but I was late in terms of like what Ooh, time man, you're supposed if you're to be late, there. If you're late for Tom Coughlin. Yes. You're late you for will, Tom Coffin. That's a problem. It. You will hear about it. I think in my career, <laughs> I think I was only actually late like like two or three times, and I heard about it for the entire nine years I was there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't let it slide. He, he never he never let it slide. But his, his big thing was how you do some things is how you do all things. And, you know, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't come. So you just you just you, you find a way to, to make it important enough to, to get there on time. And it just becomes a part of, you know, who you are. I miss Tom. I miss Tom a lot. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was in, in, in my time and in, in my years there uh, being a part of the uh, the Giants broadcast team. Uh, Tom Coughlin was was very very good to me. So um, very very a really nice, a very special man. And uh, our, our prayers and all that go out to him and his family. I know his wife Judy is, is dealing with some things right. Yeah, she's dealing with some things right now. And and he's God bless him. He's he's her caretaker. Mm-hmm. He's he's take he's taking care of Judy. So 
Um, God bless that family. They're just, they're such a wonderful family. And Judy is, is such a, a, a special, special lady as well. So um, our prayers go out to the Coughlin family. That's for sure. Uh, quick break. We come back. And uh, we've got Mike Tom, uh, Mike Tannenbaum, Mike Tomlin. What is Mike Tannenbaum? Who's joining us now on the program? Stop watching, stop he will. Uh, we will finish. Stop up. watching the game in the background. I know. I know. It's, I know. I am. I'm watching the game right now. I'm watching the game. Oh, fumble! Oh, wait, Giants got. Wait. Uh, anyway, all right. So, uh, so we we're gonna take a quick break. We come back. Mike Tannenbaum will join us next. Uh, we, we will enter into our third hour of New York Game Day. And, uh, and we'll end the show strong, leading into, of course, Dan Grossa, Greg Buttle, your Jets pregame show. And, of course, the only place you'll be able to listen to the Jets on radio is right here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.